everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of BAMS Weekly, the Shory Chatsum Sports, the Shory Chatsum Entertainment. And then at the end of the episode, we bring it all together to Chatsum Sports Entertainment. We're your hosts, I'm Boris. And as always, I am joined by Matt. Bonjour. How's everybody doing out there? We hope you're doing well, Boris. We had a historical performance and historical performance. That's awkward to say. In the NBA last night, Joel Embiid absolutely went off. We got the World Cup in November. We got the Miami Dolphins near the top of the NFL. Black is up. North is east. What's going on, big homie? <laughs> right? It's 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 crazy. Um, I was having that conversation actually just yesterday with my brother. Like, if you had told me that the AFC East, you know, going into week 10, we would be in this situation, I would have just laughed at you. Yeah. And we'll talk about what situation that is in a little bit. Uh, but before we chat all that, how are, how's it going, man? Welcome back. Glad to have you back. Glad to t- see you. Glad to chat with yeah. you right now. How's everything? Thanks, brother. Uh, I mean, yeah, I was gone. I was away for a little bit because my grandfather passed away. That was a very tough one for the family. He was uh, he was a good man, very, very close to all of us. But it was awesome to see friends and family, albeit under terrible circumstances. And yeah, it was. I, I'm so glad I went back because I was originally not going to go. And then because because I, I I had just taken five shifts at work the week before we had a bunch of stuff like going on and with the podcast and stuff, but I just had to be there. I had to do it. So I'm really glad I went. Thank you all for covering for me. And thank you very much for covering for me on this program here, big homie. And yeah, it was super necessary. So I'm glad I did do it. Good, good. Awesome. I'm glad that you did it too. I knew it's funny. Like I knew you would regret it if you didn't, but yeah, glad you did it. Glad that it all worked out. Uh, so, so that is that. But aside from that, when did you get back anyways? Uh, what was it? Friday night, right? Cause I worked Saturday. Yeah. So yeah, I got back like Friday evening about eight, 9 PM. And then, yeah, well, I went to work Saturday morning and I'm fully back in the swing of it going to work as soon as we're done this thing. Actually. Awesome. Sounds great. Sounds great. Yeah, man. I had a pretty good weekend. Like I said, just, uh, Friday night did some stuff, uh, did my own thing, went out, Blah, 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 yada, yada, yada. Uh, then Saturday, basically, and Sunday were just family. And and specifically, like, you know, my nephew, it was his birthday. And just, you know, doing all that stuff with the family. And, uh, yeah, like, back to the swing of things today. Just a few days of work this week. Um, I think depends how busy it is, right? Uh, Friday is up in the air. But after this week, I'm essentially off. I think I'm going to be working a little more than I assumed that I would, uh, just because you know you never know in these times what the tech industry or any industry is going to bring, right? So I kind of want right. to firm up some business for work uh, before I like you know run away until the new year. Uh, so, or the optics of that would be would be would be weird, right? So, just want to make sure that everything is good, that everyone is busy, that everyone has work, and uh, so we'll see what uh, ha- what happens this week, but. Really looking forward to it, man. Just cannot wait to be just off where yeah. that's just like a huge, just, just a huge thing. Just, you know, just to the side until the new year. Yeah, well, they give you all this vacation time. You got to use it, right? And yeah, you're right. Obviously, uh, you can't just completely unplug for like two months. That's kind of weird. But uh, yeah, man, uh, best of luck with uh, managing the whole work-life balance until the the scales tip a little more in your favor, big homie. Exactly. So one last thing before we 
go into the stuff uh, or to our regular scheduled program. And that is, uh, I told you already, but I just think it's hilarious how it all came about. Um, and that is, you know, and you know this, right? Like from previous years, I'm not too big on my birthday. Uh, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's, it, it is, it's a day, right? I yes. don't really care too much. Um, even with the family, it's like, whatever, we'll do whatever, whenever, if we have to, right? I'm not the biggest on my birthday. Uh, so birthday's coming up in 10 days or so. And, uh, I feel like I was almost set up because I had someone asking me like, what are you doing? You have to do something. It's been years since, you know, we've been able to like go out and actually do something and blah, 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 blah. And short or I guess long story short, I, 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 I agreed to something for my birthday. What what did you agree to, big homie? <laughs> the more I think about this, <laughs> the more I know this is going to backfire. Uh, so basically, you know, we've we've I agreed to a roast of Boris for my birthday. A roast of Boris, by God! Now that is the last thing I want on my birthday. The the literal last. I would like the opposite of a roast on my birthday. But you're going for it. Are you actually doing it? You're biting this bullet. Um. So this is the only the only thing that we need to make sure of is so the venue. And I have no like I have nothing to do with the planning, right? Um. Which makes me believe that this was kind of thought about and pre-planned because it's hard to pull off in 10 days um so the only uh i guess hurdle here is the venue right and and so but we're gonna go to a friend's bar and we'll see what happens so depends right because it's 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 a thursday right so we'll see we'll see that that's that's the only hurdle that's the only hurdle and and realistically we'll see if i i actually fully agree to this (laughs) <laughs> no, I mean, it'll be all in good fun, I'm sure, you know what I mean? Like, in a roast situation, it's supposed to be like we roast because we love, right? And it's supposed to be friends. Uh, hopefully it's it's more of a, I don't know, there's been some roasts where it's actually pretty, like, rude and biting. Larry well, the Cable Guy comes to mind. Yes. Chevy Chase roast comes to mind. Yes. Now, here's the thing, though. Um and it, 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 I, I brought this up to you, which is it, the more I think about it, it's making it. I almost want to go through it just to see how it's going to go. But I think <laughs> that the person who's organizing this hasn't realized that they will be the butt of most of the jokes. If this goes <laughs> out. <laughs> I think it's going to be more of a roast of her than me. <laughs> Ah, I don't know. I think I can figure out a couple things to to dig you both on. No, I'm just I'm just kidding. <laughs> if you need if you need a performer, just know that I am ready, Boris. <laughs> I am ready and willing to come off the bench for that one. Oh, you know, as soon as I know what's going on, you you, you have to be one of the people there. It's good. <laughs> I think it'll be just hilarious. And you know me, whatever. I don't take uh, much, uh, you know, it depends on the situation and whom it is. I don't take too much serious. So I think this is I think this would be a brilliant idea. Nice, nice, man. I hope so. I think it could be a lot of fun for sure. Hey, I could host that thing. I could be the uh, yeah. the, the Seth MacFarlane of that bad boy, you know? <laughs> oh, my 
God, what did I agree to? And like I say, it just, <laughs> everything happened so quickly. She was so ready. We're like, why don't we do a roast? You know, like. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. I've already got seven comedians interested. <laughs> exactly. I have a professional I, touring. I have a PowerPoint ready. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. Jeff Ross will be there. Yeah, that's amazing, man. Well, hopefully it comes together. That'll be a lot of fun. Get get some uh, get some listeners, some details. Maybe Mike will come up for that. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Once I know information, I will let people know. Um, but yeah, I, I yeah, we'll see what exactly what happens. Anyways, so that's that's. Uh, I just thought that that was hilarious how it all came about. The more I think about it, like I said, it's like I feel like I was set up to just say yes. <laughs> well yeah that, that's funny a, a lamb being led to the slaughter perhaps it is that's exactly that's exactly what this feels like all right we got uh some stuff to get through man what a weekend in the nfl where do we start okay i know i know that you kind of wanted to talk about standing but there's a couple games that I really want to focus on. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's go through some of the big games, and then I want to do like a mid-season or a part. Just quickly rip through the standings, kind of like one sentence on every single team. All right. Bills, Vikings. It's being touted as the game of the year so far. Bills v. Titans. Or Bills v. Vikings. I don't know why I said Titans. Maybe I'm thinking they are Titans. The Titans yes. that are the Vikings, but it was the Vikings versus the Bills. At Orchard Park, New York. What a game. Holy crap. It was the most intense two minutes in the fourth quarter, final two minutes in the fourth quarter that I've seen in a really long time. But the entire game was just a lot of back and forth. And the Bills had this in the bag. The Vikings had this in the bag. The Bills had this in the bag. And it was just absolutely insanity. Yes, and in the end, the Vikings do pull it off 33-30 to 30 in overtime. So the Minnesota Vikings, absolutely one of the big surprises of the NFL in a positive way. They are 8-1 and one right now. And yeah, this is a little bit of an upset, although uh, Josh Allen has an elbow injury. He is not healthy at this moment. There was talk that he wasn't even going to start the game. So I think it's it's impressive that Buffalo was so close to winning, hung in that entire time. Like you said, back and forth, arguably one of the games of the year. Buffalo only loses by three in overtime, and their quarterback has an injured elbow. The elbow, Boris, I assume, quite necessary in throwing a football. So Some would say, some would say <laughs> like a foot is necessary in standing and keeping balance <laughs> yes yes indeed much in the same way yeah so yeah it's a big win for minnesota for sure but i think if buffalo is not even fully healthy no nfl team is fully healthy but if buffalo's quarterback it doesn't have an injured elbow i think maybe it's a different case here like let's not be too quick to write off the buffalo bills because exactly. their star player is injured yep here's the thing about the bills um in the past two games uh, Josh Allen has given up four interceptions in the red zone. That's for sure something to think about. Is it the injury or is it just the Josh? Have people figure out Josh Allen where you put pressure in the red zone? He will more. I don't want to say more likely give cough it up, but the percentage of him coughing it up increases. So that's something that's very to chat about. That is something to to note because injury does explain some things, right? But interceptions in the red zone i don't know if injury maybe it does maybe it's just it's harder to throw like there's tighter windows you know what i mean like obviously a, a hurt elbow 
it screws everything up. But you'd think that that would hurt more on like deep balls and certain other things than when you're within 20 yards of scoring, right? You'd think, I don't know, maybe I'm just uh, completely, I'm not a doctor, Boris. Maybe I'm absolutely an idiot. No, but that's the thing. We don't know, right? Like maybe the way that he the way that he throws might be different in the red zone, right? We just don't know. I would then love to see what the Jets and the Dolphins did because they obviously saw something and they they ran they were running plays and they were able to both win, right? Um, the Vikings though, eight and one. Let me tell you, how much of the game did you watch? Did you watch like the the overtime when I like yeah. told you? Yes, exactly. I didn't watch much of this game, to be honest. I did catch the highlights after, and I, I watched all of the OT. Okay, so Kirk Cousins, he is – I have no idea how this team is 8-1. and one. Like they, I feel like they're 8-1 <laughs> despite Kirk Cousins. Let me tell you this about Kirk Cousins. He is the most predictable quarterback. You know exactly what he's going to do. And the crazy part is the Buffalo Bills knew – like, they knew it too. They – like the Buffalo Bills, just like Brett screwed Brett 25 years ago, you know, the Bills screwed the Bills. It was absolutely insane just how predictable Kirk Cousins is to the point where, you know, the, what led us to overtime was the fact that Kirk Cousins could not come up with any creative play. And I'm not blaming Kirk Cousins. I'm just saying like in general, right? Uh, the offense cannot come up with any creative play that you know, in with 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 you know yards, inches, they can smell the end zone uh, to take the lead in the fourth quarter with a few seconds left. You know, they were stuffed, and luckily, the center of the Bills and the O line just like fell apart, causing a fumble to give the Vikings that quarterback or the uh, the touchdown at the end of the game, right? Like, it was crazy. And then there were some missed calls from the refs. But what short story long, the offense of the Vikings is so predictable. I just don't know how they're 8-1. and one. Well, the thing is, it's one thing to predict what they're going to do. It's quite another to stop them because they're, they're so good. They have so many talented players. Justin Jefferson, in terms of pure skill, talent, physical wow. gifts – and and the ability to tie it all together, like route running and just being a great football player. He might be the most complete wide receiver. Dalvin Cook, highly underrated running back. Like their skill players are fucking sick, man. They have Adam Thielen hiding in there. They have this uh what is it, KJ Osborne? Is yeah. it they have another really good young receiver in Minnesota? They got some talent in yeah. Minnesota. Uh, they're their worst skill player is is obviously the quarterback yeah justin jefferson like that guy but that's the thing right like more often than not they're gonna throw to justin jefferson at this point um did you see the catch that he made in the highlights right yeah right at the end of the game near the end zone yeah oh my god he is so he is so good man like in terms of that's one of the great catches of the year like in terms of the the, the time and place the necessity, you know what I mean? Like, if he doesn't catch that ball, game over. Like, wow, crazy. Yeah. Anyways, this game was so good. It was a lot of fun. And the commentators were just going nuts. Everyone was going nuts. My brother and I were going nuts because knowing that the Vikings, if the Vikings had won, knowing that the Dolphins had won, we would have been in first place. That's exactly what happened because the Dolphins beat the Browns 39-17. to the Dolphins are a fireball right now. Just lots of points, fun 
fun team to watch, hard team to stop. They got these two ex-San Francisco 49er running backs. And uh, McDaniel, our coach, used to come from the San Francisco 49er coaching tree. So he is familiar with these men. He's plugged them right back into a scheme that they know. Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson Jr., the uh, the two-headed running back attack, now fully entrenched in Miami. Like, we got a really solid run game to go with the two fastest receivers in football, Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle, And Tua's just got to manage it, just got to row the boat, and he's doing an excellent job. We'll, we'll see how the Dolphins look when they get to the playoffs, but I think we're at the point where we're saying when and not if, Boris. Agreed. Another game I want to talk about quickly, and it's mainly because of the crowd. That was the crowd in Germany for the Buccaneers-Seahawks game. Yeah, fun. Not that London doesn't deserve the games. It's always good to see England get the games, but it was awesome to see some other European cities get the games. I feel like the German crowd had a lot of fun. They really stepped up to the plate. Uh, Seahawks did not step up to the plate as much. I foolishly bet on Seattle. Never bet against Tom Brady. Just don't do it. What's the point? What's the point? Just wait until he leaves the league and then bet against the Buccaneers. So there's uh, a couple things that can beat Tom Brady. The Dolphins... And divorce. Uh, like, man, no, but like, man, seriously, man. but like, he's 2 and 0 since everything wrapped up. Clearly, something yeah. was on his mind, right? It's a really so, good point. So let's not bet against Tom Brady. Like, this is it's oh, stupid. That yeah. was exactly what I was talking about last week. That, you know, I, I was so curious to see how they were going to play. And Tom Brady, like, I was watching this game. Dude, he looked amazing. He looked sharp. He looked ready. He looked. Like, this is Tom Brady, like New England Tom Brady. Brady's last stand. It's like you said, like, yeah, maybe the uh, the messy public divorce was slightly distracting. Yep. Now that it's kind of over, uh, we might be seeing the real the real Slim Shady, the real Slim Brady coming back around. Uh, yep. Two more games I, I just briefly want to touch on. Uh, another bet that I lost, Cowboys versus Packers. Yep. I, uh, I, I, in this game... I bet that Aaron Rodgers would throw a single interception, and he didn't. Aaron Rodgers had probably his best game of the season. Tidy little three-touchdown game, and the Packers defeat the Cowboys in an absolutely must-win game for the Packers. Just like Britney Spears, oops, I did it again because I called that the Packers would beat the Cowboys. You did. You were on that, and they needed it way more. So I can see why you make that call. It was a close game, 31-28, to 28, also an overtime game. But the Packers did pull it out. Yeah, this was a crazy game as well, right? But I think the story, the major story there is the play calling at the, in overtime. Oh, man, yeah. It just it, Like I said, like I was just waiting and waiting for Aaron Rodgers to throw this pick, and he didn't. Like I thought it was an extremely well-coached game by the Packers and it was pretty funny like the Cowboys their old coach is Mike McCarthy who yep. was Aaron Rodgers' coach for a long time they did not get along and and Mike McCarthy comes in with his Cowboys and loses to a team that in my opinion was far better coached and that was easily the difference on that night yep all right what's the other game you want to talk about well we got to talk about coaches Jeff Saturday fresh off the offensive line to the booth and from the booth to the Indianapolis Colts sideline where a man who has never coached above high school gets his first win. Jeff Saturday 1-0 as an NFL coach as the Colts beat the fucking hapless Las Vegas Raiders. The sorry no account Las Vegas Raiders to quote Mike Wilbon. 
yeah, I don't know what to say there. It doesn't surprise me because the Raiders are just that bad, but like it just yeah. I think right now at this point, losing to the Colts is an extra embarrassment. It, absolutely, yeah. The Colts are the Colts need to be like tanking for Victor Wembenyama. They need to be losing for Bedard. They don't need to be winning games right here. But uh, no, it, it's it's cool. It's like. It's like Bobby Bacala coaching the Indianapolis Colts. You know what I mean? <laughs> exactly. All right. All right. The one last game that I want to talk about is the reigning, defending Super Bowl champions. Just done. I think it's safe to say they will not be making the playoffs at this point. Uh, losing to the Cardinals 27-17. to 17. The Rams are pretty, pretty much done for the season. They're 3-6 right now. Yeah, and that, that's a really good segue to what we're about to do. But yeah, the Rams are in some deep, deep water. It's a classic Super Bowl hangover season, it seems like. Seems like, you know, once you scale that mountain, football's such a hard sport and everyone is gunning for you every single play. Like 53-man teams, so many guys are banged up and stuff. It's just really hard to repeat. In any sport, it's hard, but it's almost impossible in football. Yep. Right before we go to the mid-year standings, will the Eagles go nine and zero? Question mark. Who do they got next week? What's today? What's the... They face the Commanders. Oh yes, yes, it is the Monday nighter. Of course, yeah, it would be shocking. I mean, there it's football. Any given Sunday, or in this case, Monday, etc. But yeah, no, they're going to stomp the Washington football team. Yep. Yep. All right, let's get through this uh, the midweek rankings, and then let's talk quickly some Week Eleven. Yes. Okay. So yeah, just we're gonna a quick, quick little sentence on every single team. Let's start in the AFC. Let's go right to the bottom. Houston. They are one seven and one. They are trash. They are probably the worst team in football. Predictably so, if you looked at all the rosters. Oh yeah. Yeah. Houston bad. Not much of a surprise. Las Vegas very disappointing at two and seven. They are terrible. They are fifteenth in the AFC. That one. That one's breaking some hearts. Oh, yeah, because last season they looked competent going into the end of the season and everyone was like, okay, you know, the next year is, I'm not going to, like, not the year, but we're going to be half decent, right? Like they were, they were a sexy pick to make the playoffs, sorry. Yeah, they were, they were essentially the West Coast Dolphins. Yeah, they, in a way, they certainly were. They had a little bit of that buzz, but they didn't have the talent or the coaching staff, brother, brother. But they did have, uh, you remember how awesome Devontae Adams looked in week one? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, that seems like a lifetime ago. 14th in the AFC, the all-elite Jaguars, Jacksonville. They're up and down, still very young. You can see a lot of talent there, but it hasn't quite clicked yet in Jacksonville. There's a lot of stuff not kicking. Just like Tony Khan's <laughs> AEW booking, why the hell would you start the game with an onside kick? It's like there's a lot of talent and a lot of strange, inexplicable decisions. And ultimately, the vast array of talent is not being maximized. I think anyone, no matter how big a fan of Jacksonville you might be, you can say that the vast array of talent on that team is not being maximized. Do you know what I'm saying there, Boris? Oh, I know exactly what you're... I am picking up what you're putting down. <laughs> Very good. Picking it up, what I'm putting down, like Trevor Lawrence putting the football on the turf. Okay, that's just rude. <laughs> the next Mark That's just rude. <laughs> that, that's just rude. <laughs> <laughs> Prove me wrong uh, at this point. Anyways, continue. Uh, so, yeah, Jags 3-7 and seven at 13 in the AFC, the 13th ranked team out of these 16 teams, the Pittsburgh Steelers. They uh, they 
are three and six. They're a young team. I like the young receiver, George Pickens. I like the young quarterback, Kenny Pickett, but they're just not not yet ready for prime time. No, when Flores takes over this team next season, uh, you know, the sky's the limit. (laughs) That's funny. Do you think Tomlin would leave the Steelers? I think he will be let go for one reason or another. I don't know. You know how the fickle the NFL owners are, right? So I think Tomlin's going to be let go by the end of the season. Flores is going to come in. Flores is going to... Uh, you know what? But at the same time, I know we talked about this. Will Flores actually take the job knowing he has a court case about his performance in the NFL? It's a really good question. That's a very good question. Speaking of shaky performance in the NFL, number 12, the Russell Wilson led Denver Broncos. They are three and six. They look to be an afterthought this year. I don't think they're going to sniff the playoffs. I have to say the biggest just 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 robbery in all of sports for a very long time essentially since uh Masai got rid of uh uh what what was his name what was our italian first uh Bargnani since Andrea. Got, yeah since we got rid of Bargnani tell me that a team has not done a bigger robbery than what the Seahawks did to the Broncos <laughs> the, the Seahawks robbed the Broncos. You could argue that Miami just robbed Bradley Chubb from the Broncos. I don't know who's making the trades in Denver, but they might need to be shown the door because, yeah, the these Cowboys are sorry. These Broncos had a lot of uh, buzz coming into like last year. They were like a good young team on the rise, sick little young defense, just need to find a quarterback. They went all in on a quarterback who is completely washed up, and now they're kind of fucked. Now they're like, they, they, they've they kind of just ruined their team. They went from that young team with lots of pieces. They sold those pieces for this quarterback. He didn't work out. Now they're stuck in between. It's tough for Broncos fans. Yeah. Is it John Elway making these calls? Is it Elway? I think he's still involved. I'm sure he's signing off on them. He's probably the Vince McMahon of this operation. He's you know? the president of uh, operations. So yeah, uh, yeah. I, I, there you go. There you go. Um, no, okay. So yes, three and six, Denver. Three and six, also at eleventh in the AFC currently. Uh, your Cleveland Browns. They are a team that has all season just been waiting for their quarterback to show up, Deshaun Watson. He is coming soon. That's a that's a can of worms in and of itself. But yeah, Cleveland. This whole this whole season was going to be a write off anyway. This is exactly where where we all expected them to be. And even when Deshaun Watson shows up, I hate even saying his name, but the man hasn't played a game in almost two years. It's true. He's probably not going to walk in and instantly be great, although it took Michael Vick a little bit, but Michael Vick with the Eagles was unbelievable, yeah. and I think we could expect that level. That's that's the hope anyway, right, for Cleveland fans. Yep, all 10 of them, and your <laughs> roommate. <laughs> yes, 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 indeed. Uh, number 10 in the AFC, 4-5-1. and one. Uh, A shock that they're this good. The Indianapolis Colts, because you watch this team, they're dog shit. They're bad. But this Jeff Saturday thing, who knows? Maybe it was the one-week boost, though, and the Colts are about to really aggressively tank. I think it might be wise to bet the farm against the Colts every game for the rest of the season. You'll probably make money. Yep, agreed. They're they're not a good team. I I've I don't see bits and pieces of them play, and they're just, just they, there's zero creativity on both sides of the field. 
it's being held together by like duct tape and a dream right now. And that dream is Jeff Saturdays. Man, if Jeff Saturday was a dream I was holding on to, maybe Jeff Saturday <laughs> is what's holding on to like my love life dreams. <laughs> Continue. Well, he's a he's a dreamer. He's doing it. Maybe that's what you needed. You needed Jeff Saturday all along. All right. So we're getting into the so the next nine teams are all the, the teams that we're going to find the playoff bunch out of. So seven teams make the playoffs in the NFL. The first seed gets a bye, and then it's two plays seven, three plays six, and four plays five. So these nine teams are the teams that will finish in the top seven. Some of the playoffs are going to come from this next bunch. So the Cincinnati Bengals right now are ninth in the AFC. They've been a little disappointed, but the sheer talent there, they could easily sneak into the playoffs. Yep. They're, they're better than the record tells you. Exactly. Same thing can be said about the L.A. Chargers, who are five and four. Those are the teams currently, if the playoffs started, they would be out. But I think one, if not both, will get in. I think the Chargers will go in. I think the Chargers, like, like last night, again, they were facing San Francisco. And I know we'll talk about the NFC because I have some thoughts about the NFC. Um, they looked pretty good last night, right? They did. They actually, they they really did. They ended up losing to the char- or to the 49ers, but the 49ers are damn good too. I've been pounding the 49ers drum all year. So yes, seventh in the NFC, AFC. I keep doing that. Seventh in the AFC, New England Patriots. They're the team, despite their good defense, that's the team that I think is going to drop out of this mix. So New England out, I'm putting Cincinnati in. I would put the charges in. But I think we both agree that New England out because I was literally having this conversation yesterday looking at the standings with Mpuan and I said, yeah, New England's not as good as their record says right now. And I can see them just falling off as the season progresses. Yeah, 100% agree with you there, buddy. Uh, Sixth and fifth in the AFC right now. Buffalo is sixth. The Jets are fifth. The Jets are actually ahead of Buffalo at this moment due to the tiebreaker of the Jets beating Buffalo in their head-to-head matchup. So they're both six and three. Buffalo is the better team, but the Jets have a lot of talent, man. They have a sick young roster. They're going to make the playoffs this year. I think they're going to be the seventh seed. Well, okay, if we take a look at the AFC East, if we take a look at the AFC East, this is the scary thing here. Jets right now hold the advantage over both Miami and the Bills over the uh, head-to-head win, right? The Bills are 0-2 against those two teams. The Dolphins are 1-1, and and the Jets are 2-0 in the, within the division. Like, it's, it's crazy to think that right now, if it was all said and done, the Jets would come out of that division. Yeah, the Jets would win the tiebreaker in the division. Actually, Miami is currently in the lead of the They're division. They're in the lead, they yes, but yes, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so fourth seed Baltimore, uh, the AFC North champion. They're 6-3. and three. They're going to make the playoffs. They're a very, very good team. Lamar Jackson, they're a, they're a well-oiled machine. Tennessee, you know what I like the, about – sorry. One thing I like about no, Baltimore no is this. They are hiding under the radar right now. Yes. Absolutely. They're always such a good team, man. And, and they, they're they that not sexy pick. You know what I mean? They're that very safe pick, but they're always there for a reason. The Tennessee Titans are becoming that team, too. And the reason Tennessee is there is because their division sucks ass. And that's why Tennessee will always be near the top, but never really 
a playoff, uh, st- like, you know, like someone's going to do damage. They're not a Super Bowl contender. Okay. If the playoffs were to start today, who would they face in the first round? If the play. If the playoffs were to start today, the Titans would play the Bills and get fucking annihilated. Yeah. See, that's that's what's going to happen. But luckily, it's the Bills, right? Like, I don't want to see a team like the Chargers, let's say, in that position where they will just raffle stomp right over <laughs> the Titans, right? Like, I, just, I don't want to see that. I want it to be a team like Buffalo or Miami or someone that you know will go far in the playoffs at this point. I don't want someone to be given... A free game, essentially. It's a, and that's exactly what's going to happen for sure. So yeah, your second seed in the AFC. We've already talked about them at length. The Miami Dolphins. Good to be a fan of this team right now. Other than the fact that Tyreek Hill is a piece of shit. Yep, agreed. Uh, <laughs> Dolphins though, like it, even we slept on them going into the season. Like we were we cautiously optimistic. This was the best case scenario, though. We didn't realize how good uh, our coach was going to be. And he's found the right players for his system, specifically the running backs. Like he got Mostert and uh, Wilson in who he like loves and has worked with before. This is just the perfect roster for his skill set. And it's it's a bit of that new pitcher syndrome in baseball where there's not enough tape on them yet. You know what I mean? Like as as teams start to figure out Miami more and more, it's going to start looking less like the 1999 Rams, you know what I mean? But they're looking awesome right now. Like literally the most fun team to watch in football, putting up points every single week. And Tua is looking like an absolute stud. Absolutely. He's literally like the best possible Chad Pennington of all time. (laughs) I have a shirt as a dolphin. (laughs) Chad Pennington had one amazing season. He was like fourth in MVP voting. Yeah, number one in the AFC is the Kansas City Chiefs. That's no surprise. So if the playoffs were to start right now, the Chiefs would get the bye. The Dolphins would play the Patriots round one. Patriots at Dolphins. That's your seven versus two matchup. Your six, three, as we said, would be Bills at Titans. Five, four would be Jets at Ravens. In that case, Ravens win, Bills win, Dolphins win. That would leave us with Chiefs versus Bills round two. Dolphins versus Ravens. In that case... Chiefs and Bills obviously is a tough one to call. If Josh Allen doesn't fully get healthy, it's a little easier. But yeah, at this moment right now, I think we're looking at if this whole thing were to shake out the way it might, Ravens versus Chiefs, I think, is a pretty safe AFC title. Ravens versus either Chiefs or uh, Bills, of course, if you're a huge Buffalo fan. Yeah, that, I can, that's, the, that's the realistic view here. And again, at that point, I wouldn't count out the Ravens. I would not count out the Ravens. No, absolutely not. I've been saying all year, I've been saying Kansas City, San Francisco Super Bowl. I'm not going to back off it now. But yeah, Ravens, Bills, and Dolphins are the teams in the AFC that could fuck that up. Yep. All right. Before we start talking about... Go ahead. Yeah. No, I was just going to say, I was just going to say quickly do the NFC. So before we do that, hit me. Okay. NFC. The NFC. The NFC. Oh, my God. This division. So, can I guarantee... Okay, here's a Boris guarantee. The Super Bowl champion is coming from the AFC. Because if you look at the NFC standings, there's maybe two or three teams realistically right now, not including your 49ers, that can realistically beat any team in the AFC. 
Yeah, like obviously Philly. I don't even trust Minnesota as good as their record is. We'll no. get through it. But let's let's start at the bottom. The Bears, three and seven, bottom of the NFC. We kind of expected this coming to the year. We said the Bears, the Seahawks, and the Texans would be the worst teams. So Bears, one of the worst. Texans, one of the worst. More on Seattle later. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the Bears do have some pieces, though. They are an interesting team. I think they're not quite as good defensively as they've been historically, and that's what's hurting them. If they shore up their defense, it's going to help the run game. It's going to help the whole possession situation a lot. You know what I mean? It's tough It's tough to establish possession and establish dominance when your defense is always on the fucking field. Yep, exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly it. <laughs> Uh, the New Orleans Saints, three and seven, also very bad. Carolina Panthers, three and seven, also very bad in the same division. Uh, this is about what we expected. The Panthers have lost Baker Mayfield due to suck. They've traded Christian McCaffrey. Panthers are who we thought they were. Yep. Let's and for, single yeah. out the NFC South right now for a second. May I? Yes. All right. Yes, please. The Buccaneers are first with a five and five record. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, exactly right. And though Brady has hit his speed bumps, I think he might be. It might be smooth sailing ahead for touchdown Thomas. Here's the big surprise of the NFC. The Los Angeles Rams, your Super Bowl hangover team at three and six. Like you said, man, I think they're done. I think it's just a wash this year. Yeah. Or maybe Odell Beckham Jr. was the answer. He helped a lot, man. He really did. He was unbelievable in uh, in the playoffs. He's he's uh, he's an incredible talent. OBJ is. Yeah, it's just crazy to see the Rams just in this position, right? Like, thing is though, I I know that their front office is very uh, results oriented, more so. Like, I know all sports is, but like, the Rams expect the winner every season. The Rams want they wanted you know to not be embarrassing this year, so I can just see them blowing shit up at the in the off season. Uh, the, the only thing is they lack draft picks, but they could trade a lot of their talent for other teams' draft picks and kind of try to patch together well, a nice little offseason. That way, we'll see. There's a team like, you know, Seattle with all the draft picks. Yeah, it's a really good point. They and maybe they're in the they... same division, but you never know. Yeah, but they're not the only team in that position. Yes, so yeah, the Detroit Lions, about where we expected. Uh, so that's that's how bad the Rams are, though. The Rams are at the level where we expected the Lions to be, you know? Yeah. Yes. So, yeah, the the Lions 3-6 and six, tied with the Rams right now. A bad look for the Rams. Pretty good look for Detroit, all things considered. Moving on, the Arizona Cardinals at 4-6. and six, That was a humongous win last night. Honestly, looking back on this game last night between Arizona and, lose, and uh, Los Angeles, that might be the classic loser leaves town match, as they say, Boris. That might have been a playoff game here in Week 10. It honestly was it, at the end of the season, that game, we could look at week 10 and say, this is why Kyler Murray is playing one extra game. Yes, one, only one extra game. But yeah, so Arizona four and six, Atlanta also four and six. I don't really think Atlanta's too good there. They benefit from playing in the shit division with Tampa Bay, Carolina and New Orleans. So if they're going to make the playoffs, it's because of their division and Tom Brady uh, falling apart at the seams. Yep. If he gets a girlfriend and they're like breaking up publicly, <laughs> which possible, who knows uh, in ninth 
in the NFC at this moment are the Green Bay Packers. And I'm still not ready to quit Aaron Rodgers, you know, especially like being so sure that he was going to throw that interception and having to watch that entire game and him just well coached, handing it off, just being a veteran. This was, you know what it is, is like Aaron Rodgers has been compared to CM Punk a lot over the past couple months. And Aaron Rodgers has passed like, three or four weeks before this was CM Punk at the press conference. This was CM Punk week two or three. This was CM Punk versus Darby Allen. Just a, a nice classic veteran performance, you know? <laughs> that is the perfect way to put this all. <laughs> so I, I, I think if we get we, like week two, month two CM Punk, Green Bay will make the playoffs. Yeah. We'll see how better he gets. Notice that we still, and I know what number it, we're going to get to the 500 teams, but notice that we still haven't reached teams above 500 in the NFC. Yes. Yeah, and here's, we're at number eight now. This is the playoff cutoff line, the playoff cutoff, and we still haven't seen a team above 500 because the Washington Commanders, the football squad, are in eighth somehow at four and five. Very good defense in Washington. Not a whole lot else. I honestly don't know what to say about any of that and just because no one's picking it watch washington upset philadelphia today oh my god yeah you see i was i would have said it but that would have been just out, outlandish outrageous preposterous. <laughs> you know it would have been crazy of me to even to even dream that um but i wouldn't honestly everyone is calling the, the eagles frauds right this would prove them everyone right, and I just have this weird feeling that they're just going to play into their own heads, and something's going to happen tonight. Any given Sunday, man, the Philly, the Philadelphia Eagles are not going to go undefeated this year. I don't think that's going to happen. They're going to lose somewhere along the way. Might as well be tonight. So let's get into the playoff picture here in the National Football Conference, the NFC. So we're starting with the seventh team, San Francisco 49ers. My pro 49ers agenda has been clear for some time. I think eventually they will pass Seattle to win this division. Um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. We shall see. Number six, the Dallas Cowboys. Let's circle the Cowboys along with the Seahawks, who we've talked about a number of times, as the team that might drop out of this thing, honestly. Green Bay just beat Dallas, so they do have a tiebreaker, a head-to-head tiebreaker. If it comes to it, it wouldn't shock me to see Green Bay usurp Dallas in these playoff standings. I I wouldn't put it past them, right? You know, the Cowboys yesterday just did not look good at all you know they, they should have just been able to just just run over and just annihilate green bay but they didn't they looked really weird um there i i have no idea what what, what was going on but there were communication issues they were ha- having issues uh with play calling it's just not a good game for the cowboys at all they are not well coached i think it's that simple yeah I th- that that i think that's exactly it everything i said comes down to coaching Yeah, man, it really does. Uh, Number five, a team that is well coached, shockingly good team. The New York football giants, seven and two this year. The only reason they're not in the top four is because the top four go to the division winners and they play in the same division as Philadelphia, who's undefeated. But yeah, the giants seven and two, they're mathematically, they almost have to go to the playoffs. They're going to sleepwalk their way to 11 wins. Yeah, it's crazy. 
So yeah, the Giants look like they're established fourth seed in the NFC. Uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers champions currently of the NFC South. They are five and five, but I don't think a team in their division is going to sniff 500. Even Atlanta, who's kind of good. Tampa will make the playoffs at like nine and eight or 10 and seven. Yeah. Oh, man, that that's NFC South. It's just an embarrassment. It's 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 a tough one. It's a tough one. Seattle Seahawks, your third seed in the NFC. They are six and four right now. They're a big shocker. Uh, Geno Smith is top 10 in MVP voting. Nobody on earth would have called that literally probably not even Geno Smith. God bless him. <laughs> but this is. This is a this is a feel good season uh, for Seattle. It's a nice feel good story. Pete Carroll, if he coaches, I think eighteen more months, he becomes the oldest man to ever coach in the NFL, and he's still young, energetic, running on those fucking sidelines. He reminds me of my uncle Mark, who still plays tennis and golf religiously at seventy. He's in better shape now than I will ever be in my life. Uh, so yeah, shout out Pete Carroll. Shout out Seattle. And I think I think the Seahawks might be for real, man. They might end up in the playoffs. I think so too. Somehow they're gonna do it. I hate Pete Carroll, but somehow he keeps he keeps pull, pulling it off. Uh, yes, yeah, you are a Pete Carroll hater. Uh, deep California roots yep, there. You know it. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, what I think happens is San Francisco takes the top seed. They will take the division. Seattle will either finish seventh, make the playoffs. Or maybe they fall out to an Arizona or a Green Bay. That wouldn't shock me either, but I kind of feel like Seattle's going to make it, man. Yeah, I think so, too. And then the two teams atop the NFC we've talked about at length already. Minnesota, 8-1. and one. They are second. Philadelphia, 8-0. and oh. They play tonight to possibly go to 9-0. and oh. They are first. So if the playoffs started today in the NFC, Eagles get the bye. The Vikings would play the 49ers. Y'all know where I'm going on that one. San Francisco would beat Minnesota in the playoffs. I'm quite certain of that. We would get a Seahawks versus Cowboys playoff game, the 3-6. That one, I have no idea. That one would be really weird. I, 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 not I, the I, Cowboys. Not the, I'm never going to bet on the Cowboys just out of you know being alive when the Cowboys were America's <laughs> team in the early 90s. Just, uh, just out of having a heart and a brain in my body. I can't do no. Uh, shout out Sean Burkhead, Cowboys <laughs> fan extraordinaire. Just kidding. Uh, but yeah, no, uh, Seahawks, Cowboys. See, this is the thing about doing this game, and it's 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 a bit of fun, but there's a, a pretty good chance that neither of these teams actually make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. But in this universe, I think Seattle would win. Yep. Seattle How- most likely would win. I think so. I think so. How's this for a fun playoff game? Your four five match in the NFC would be the New York football giants traveling to Tampa Bay (laughs) to dethrone Tom Brady. One last time I would bet. I don't even care if I'm wrong just for funsies, just to even make the game more fun. I would bet my house on the giants. I would bet your house on the giants, (laughs) even though it's the same house, Boris, I bet them both. I, I, I would allow you to, (laughs) Oh, so that would be fun. So, yeah, in the NFC, there's no reason to think the Eagles can't pull it off. If you're looking for a team that's not so obvious, I've been pounding the 49ers all year. Love the 49ers. Let's say Eagles 49ers NFC title game. And right now I'm thinking Chiefs uh, Ravens AFC title game. All right. Well, there you go. 
Boom. And that is the football mid-season check-in, Boris. We'll uh, be talking football all year, but it's good to take a, a, a wide snapshot of the league, you know? Yeah, and we'll quickly run through Week 11. A couple games I want to call out. The Chargers, again, are on Sunday night. They're facing the Chiefs. The Titans are facing the Packers. The 49ers on Monday are facing the Cardinals. And this is my Ooh. underdog pick of the week, my friend. I am going to say that the Panthers are going to go over the Ravens. Wow. Wow. Boris's big shoe of the week. Eh? Yep. There's always one. And I've gotten them right for three weeks straight now. There is always one. That is that is a you are the underdog boy right now. You are the the underdog of the underground. Is that Sami Zayn's old terrible gimmick? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah. The Thursday nighter is going to be fun to see if the Packers are indeed for real versus the Titans. Man, the Packers might be like five and six. We're like feeling pretty nice by the time next Sunday rolls around. They'll just Aaron Rodgers will have his feet up just eating muffins, just having a gay old time. <laughs> I love that reference. <laughs> It always works. It always works. I was very close for my underdog pick being the Browns over the Bills, but the Bills are just going to come back, right? You know it. And then your battle of the Titans for the week, the Rams versus the Saints. Oh, oh, wow. Yeah, two disappointing, disappointing teams. The Saints, uh, we didn't talk enough about them when we went through. We kind of just glossed over them. The Saints do have this Chris Olave wide receiver who's going to be really good. But other than that, the Saints are uh, having a a rough year. I think they want to lose. Yep, exactly. All right, so that's pretty much the uh, NFL everything, right? Nice. Let us talk quickly. Some... Canada World Cup, focusing on Canada this year. The roster was named yesterday morning, and the roster is essentially the same roster that uh, John Herdman had throughout the qualifying. I think there were two players who played in the qualifiers who were not called up due to injury, Daniel Henry, and I forget the second one, but it was essentially, um, you know, at this point, they are just saying thank you to these players who got them to this position. And the team looks pretty damn good, let me tell you that. Uh, there were six teams from Club Foot the Montreal that were called up. Um, there were three teams or three players from TFC, and I don't give a crap about Vancouver, so I didn't even do the count. I think there's one. <laughs> Bold. It's harsh. <laughs> Shout out to our West Coast listeners out there. But yeah, no, I'm feeling good about the team, man. I'm, it's it's going to be nice. Canada's group is obviously tough with Belgium, but there are some winnable games in there. They also, who, who else is in our group? So, they have like Morocco. So Belgium, they're frauds, right? They are essentially, the, it's true though. It is 100% true. They're essentially what they're calling the Eagles. Absolute frauds. Fucking, say FIFA it to rank- Lukaku's face, bud. Yeah, because if I were to go up to a Belgian player, I know I would ask him, "Hey, how's your Euro or World Cup ring? You know, being ranked number one for all these years, brother." (laughs) Oof, oof, oof! Fair enough. Yeah, our group, our group is Belgium, Croatia, and Morocco. We could at least finish second in that group. You know, Uh, realistically, we're going to take points from Belgium. I don't care what anyone says. It's the opener. On November 23rd, when Boris start, Ooh, I might be drunk for my birthday because I'm st- going on that bender from the 23rd that, on. It's the Wednesday. Is that the actual day? No, 
my birthday's the 24th on the Thursday. Oh, nice, nice. Man, you should come by for Wednesday because I usually have Wednesdays off. I'm going to make sure I have this coming Wednesday off. You should come by, do a live NXT talk in the basement in the morning, and let's get cranked and watch this game. Oh, man, that might just have to happen. So, yeah, so we face Belgium on the 23rd. Um, you know, so we should be able to get some points from them. We should be able to beat Morocco. And it's Croatia that I'm not sure on. Because That's a tough you, one. Sunday, November 27th, 11 a.m., I'll be there with bells on. Exactly. And the thing, like, you just don't know exactly who's, like, you just don't know, right? Um, Modric is in it. So they have old man Modric still on the team. Yeah. They're an aging squad, this Croatia team, right? Like, I, I have to do a deep dive. Next week on BAM, we're going to have Yorkie, Paul York, our UK BAM correspondent, on to chat some World Cup. We're going to do a full preview. Uh, the, we're actually going to record on Sunday. There will be games Sunday and Monday, so we're going to miss a few, but it's fine. Uh, we'll have a good, we'll be able to see exactly who's in form and whatnot, and it'll be a, it'll be a fun World Cup preview. But yeah, man, I'm very excited for this tournament, and I do think Canada's going to make it out. I hope Canada's going to make it out of the group stage, but I don't think it's outlandish to, to think they will. No, I don't think it's outlandish to honestly even say that they're going to come in first in their group. Here's That's a little... <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna, do, I'm gonna honestly say that they're gonna come in first because I have a feeling that Croatia's old, Belgium are frauds, and Morocco's Morocco. That's why I, can, <laughs> I'm not comfortably saying this, but I do yeah. think that there is a possibility, there is a There's universe, a there is a timeline where Canada yes. comes out in first, and I think we're living in that timeline. But here's like realistically, I will be above the moon happy if Canada leaves the group stage and that's all i want to see i want them to go into the knockout stage same same you know like for the last for my entire life mexico has always been that scrappy team that somehow ends up in the round of 16 every world cup all the time it'd be cool if canada just kind of took that place for mexico yep. just kind of took over that realm as the scrappy north american team yep agreed all right. That, amazing, man. Before we get off of sports, I want to quickly talk about Embiid going fucking nuclear last night. But uh, do you have any football? Any more football? Football, as nope, it were? That is it. That is it. Done with the football. Let us talk about uh, ball. Yes. <laughs> yes. Basketball. Joel Embiid. All-time historical game. Since blocks began being tracked. In 1973-74, Joel Embiid becomes the first player to post 50 points, 10 rebounds, 5 blocks, and 5 assists minimum in a game. So it's possible that Wilt Chamberlain did that a couple times because he was insane. He was absolutely mental. But he might not have had the assists consistently to do it. But yeah, they, Wilt probably did this as many as 50 times. Well, Other than that, Embiid's the only man to ever do it. I doubt Wilt had many assists considering that he was able to get 100 points in a game. Exactly. Exactly. That's the thing, right? So his actual stat line last night, 59 points, 11 rebounds, 8 assists, and 7 blocks. So he was above 7 on both the assists and the blocks. Some crazy, crazy numbers coming out of this. Chief among them, here's, here's my favorite. So Joel Embiid has had 101 points over his last two games, only four centers ever in basketball had done that before. So Embiid did it uh, in the last two games. 
Boogie Cousins, DeMarcus Cousins, did it in 2016. David Robinson from the San Antonio Spurs did it in 1994. Bob McAdoo did it for, I believe, the Washington Bullets, possibly even the Baltimore Bullets, in 1975. And then Wilt Chamberlain scored 100 points in back-to-back games. A casual 86 times, (laughs) Boris. Yeah. Four other men in the history of the NBA have done it once. Will Chamberlain did it 86 times. It's crazy how good Will was. <laughs> it is absolutely crazy. But yeah, they, to uh, to wrap the whole point up, he's like Embiid had an incredible game, an all-timer game on the level of some of the games that Will Chamberlain used to have. And just that you can say that, that's like kind of saying like Connor McDavid might score 80 goals this year, like Wayne Gretzky used to, you know what I mean? It's like to be in the same conversation as a Will Chamberlain or a Wayne Gretzky in terms of statistical dominance is fucking mental. So shout out Joel Embiid. Look, what I'm going to say next, I think he's a tremendous talent. I think he's so good, but let's be honest here. Who cares? Who cares what you do in the regular season up until that playoffs rolls around? And we know that in the playoffs, it's a very different Joel Embiid that shows up. That's yeah, it's pretty tragic that he's never going to win a title and will be remembered as a Carl Malone. No, I don't. I don't know if that's true. That's just harsh. Charles that's Barkley. just rude. I think he's more of a Charles, <laughs> Charles Barkley. Barkley. We'll see. We'll see, man. But uh, uh he, I, I know exactly what you're saying. Although once it hits this level, I do think people care. I care certainly, but yeah, I, I know what you mean. Like at the end of the day, this will be forgotten in a couple months. It yep. will. And you know, what will never be forgotten is if he hoists a championship in Philadelphia, that's the thing right there. Right? Like it, it's, it's, I get it, but at the same time, it kind of sucks just because there's just so, just so many players who are so talented, so good, but because they didn't have a chip, as they say, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it's really sad. It's a little a little unfair, a little overblown, especially in the case of a Charles Barkley or of a Carl Malone even. But then again, like you watch James Harden's career, and he did actually choke a lot in big moments, and it does feel like a black mark on his career, having watched it all. So maybe it was the same for Malone. Maybe it was the same for Barkley. Yeah. Exactly. We just, it's, yeah, until you get that chip, doesn't really matter. Yeah. All right. I think that is wrapping sports up. We don't have too much on the wrestling side. I'm going to chat some impact. We're going to laugh at NWA a little bit, and then we're going <laughs> to stop, end the show off by chatting some New Japan Pro Wrestling X nice. stardom. All right. Nice. Let's just get into nice. impact, nice. my friend. Boom. Pretty good show. Pretty good show last week. It is this weekend is a very busy weekend in the world of professional wrestling because get this, Matt, we have Overdrive, the Impact Plus special on Friday uh, featuring Frankie Kazarian versus Josh Alexander. Also, the finals of the X Division tournament, which has Trey Miguel in the finals. Uh, We're going to find out who he's phasing, PJ Black or Black Taurus. Interesting, interesting. Not Trey Miguel, I hope, wins. I wouldn't pick either of those two guys as his opponent, but Black Taurus versus Trey Miguel could be could be pretty fun in its own way. I am actually super pumped for Josh Alexander versus Frankie Kazarian. If you look at Josh's uh year, he's got like five or six matches that are currently on the list of top 
122 of 2022. Off the top of my head, the amazing match he had with Eric Young. He has a match with Tomohiro Ishii that kicked ass. He has a match with Alex Shelley that I haven't seen yet that apparently kicked all kinds of ass. He has the match where he won the title versus Moose, which was really, really good. And this could be the fifth on the list, at least off the top of my head for Josh Alexander. He's having an awesome fucking year, man. Eddie Edwards. His match with Eddie Edwards was good. Is that going to make your list? We'll see. We'll see. I haven't seen it yet. I, I checked that one out. Exactly. There's just a lot of like Josh Alexander is just so good. It's unreal how good he is. Uh, Impact better keep him for everything they can. Right. Like he's just too good to leave at this point. He is picture perfect for Impact, what they are doing right now. Like the semi-Canadian brand. He is the Canadian Kurt Angle. He really is. Did you listen to him on the Kurt Angle podcast? I actually haven't. No. You should listen to that episode. It's a really good episode because he essentially asks Kurt Angle if he can use the ankle lock. That's awesome. That's so cool. Yeah, I'll check that out. Yeah. All right. So let's chat the show. You know, every week I struggle with how to talk about these shows. I, you know, sometimes go match by match. I will go match by match, but I'll just quickly run through the matches and really pick out what what is important. And I'll talk about the bylines and the stories that are really happening as we head into overdrive. The first match was Joe Hendry versus Brian Myers for the Impact Digital Media title. Dude, Joe Hendry right now is <laughs> oh, he's, man. he's something right now in Impact. Something yeah, good, you, something special, something different. Catch- Yes, for sure. Exactly right. And Impact needs more character. I catch a little bit of him on Twitter and on YouTube, and I'm always so impressed. His entrance is hilarious. He's just a fun character to root for. Arguably, if you wanted to be a dick about it, the only good character in Impact. Oh, I would not argue that. Bully Ray ain't a good character right now. Tom Dreamer <laughs> isn't a good character right now. No. Like, no Rhino's not a good so character. Much, like, it's crazy. So much Tommy Dreamer and Bully Ray on this show. Like, last time I last time I watched uh, 20 minutes of Impact, I was like, okay, like, this is, this is ECW in 1998. What's going on? Yeah. Anyways, Impact also believes in Joe Hendry because he is your new Impact Digital Media Champion. So that's, that's really cool. Joe Hendry gets the title there. Jazelle uh, Shaw, essentially the story for this episode was Jazelle Shaw facing Jordan Grace for the Knockouts Championship. So that was like the overarching story. Um, already alluded to this, uh, we had Trey Miguel versus Mike Bailey in a semifinal match for the X Division title tournament. This match was awesome. If there's any match that you're going to watch, it should be this one. Uh, Trey Miguel versus Mike Bailey. So freaking good. Um, Essentially, Kenny King was uh, at ringside throughout the match. We were wondering who he he was going to interfere against. And that was uh, revealed at the end of the match. uh, Because essentially, Bailey blocked the sunset flip. uh, Though um, he did hit his moonsault double knee stomp on the outside. King finally got himself involved, tossed popcorn at Mike Bailey, and then he threw Trey Miguel into the steps, giving Trey Miguel the DQ win. Hence, therefore, he advances to the finals of the X Division title tournament, and we set up a Kenny King and Mike Bailey match. So that's going to be good. That's going to be fun. Uh, There's a lot of stuff happening with the Death Dolls. Uh, Taya Valkyrie, Rosemary, and uh, Jessica kind of just going at it, kind of planting some seeds there. Chelsea Green 
you know, she wants to be the one to retire Mickey James. So that was the secondary story of this episode. You had a lot of don't trust Bully Ray in this episode, but I'm going to skip a little bit. Let's talk about the Chelsea Green versus Mickey James match. This match was awesome. This is a really good match. Um, nice. Deanna Perrazzo was inserted herself a couple times, got herself kicked out. Uh, James and Green had a really good match. Green has actually beaten James two out of the three times that they faced each other in one-on-ones. Uh, so Green, that's like really the, the the story is like ish. You know, is Mickey James gonna even the odds, or is Green going to completely dominate and retire Mickey James? Well, this match. So James hits a Luthes press. The ref is still knocked out. Uh, Chelsea Green recovers, hitting unprettier on James. She went for a pin. The referee only made it to a two count. Green then went to the top rope, and she went for a missile drop kick. But James catches her midair, lands a jackknife pin for the three. And that is it. Nice, Mickey James. The career lives on. I'll never retire. Woo. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what they were redoing. Uh, more Bully Ray. He beat Zicky Dice in a couple seconds. So that was a thing. All right. Sammy Callahan. One of his students was wrapped up in tape. He said that last week, Eric Young and him faced for the first time, but his cronies ruined the match. Callahan then challenged Young to a match called, get this, the Death Machine Double Jeopardy. I love how... In 20 years of TNA, they still manage to have the most gimmicky gimmick matches ever. Yeah, it's a TNA staple. You know, it wouldn't it wouldn't be the ghost of TNA wrestling if it didn't have a completely convoluted, ridiculous stipulation somewhere on the card. Death Machine Double Jeopardy. Here it is. <laughs> Hear me out. These are the rules. So you have to make your opponent bleed, and then they are in jeopardy. Once they are in jeopardy, you can then pin them or submit them for the win. There are no DQs. There are no countouts. So you have to make the person bleed, and then you can get the win. Hence, so it's double jeopardy. It's like you you must. It's like a combo first blood hardcore match. You must initiate first blood to unlock the ability to win. I kind of like that. Although it seems like it would be much better in a video game than in yes. real life. Oh yeah, that's exactly it. Uh, like, give me this match in a video game. Give yeah, me this match a, in a video yeah. game. A great idea for a match on WWE 2K. Yeah. All right. Uh, so that's gonna happen. Uh, Chelsea Green says she's picking her ball and going home. She's had it. So we'll see where this story goes or if she's done. Uh, Bully Interesting. Ray, Bully Ray challenges Moose to a tables match. Uh, we got some awesome Kazarian stuff going on there. Then the uh, the main event was Giselle Shaw versus Jordan Grace for the Knockouts World Championship. Fantastic match. Watch this match, Matt. It might go on your list. Jordan Grace, oh. just awesome. This match wasn't as good as the uh, Misha Slamovich match uh, from the last pay-per-view, but it was really good. Um, yeah, it was, it was yeah. Probably Giselle Shaw's best match in Impact. Nice, nice, nice. I like I like some Giselle Shaw. I'll definitely check this one out. Jordan yep. Grace is dope. She's really good. Yep. So Jordan Grace retains 
After the match, Grace is celebrating her huge win. Masha Slamovich breaks up the party, hits her in the back with a chair. Uh, she throws in a bunch of chairs in the ring. Uh, she ends up doing a snowplow on Grace over all the chairs. Masha grabs the belt and uh, she poses with it. But that didn't end the show because we cut to the desert, the Las Vegas desert where PCO was buried a few weeks ago, and we see a hand break through the desert, and that's how they end the show. <laughs> Gotta love TNA. I love TNA. Like, these impact. Oh, impact. Absolutely. Positively glorious. Uh, a little bit of cheesiness like that, it, that, that's fun. It's like AJ, AJ Styles getting uh, uh, murdered in the Boneyard match and coming back to life. Yeah, that's exactly right. Uh, so this week on Impact, we have PJ Black versus Black Taurus in an X Division title tournament semifinal. Steve Macklin versus Tommy Dreamer in a no DQ match. And we have Eric Gross. Young versus Sammy Callahan in the Death Machines double jeopardy match. Oh, that's just on Impact? Yeah. Huh. Interesting. I actually might watch that Impact. There's a couple things that intrigue me there. Yep. So it was a pretty fun show overall. All right. That was Impact. All right. Okay. Let's quickly do this. <laughs> a new champion. Long live the new champion, the new the new owner of the 10 pounds of gold. Matt, just because you love this man, I'm going to let you take it from here. Oh, Boris, you think Orville Brown, you think Luthez, you think Dusty Rhodes and Ric Flair, and you think the Fox News Funkasaurus Tyrus the worst professional wrestler in the business today. You look at the list. What's the general list of worst world champions in wrestling history? And I'm not saying that at this point, the NWA title is a world title, really, if you think about it. But let's, let's you know, placate me on this one. Who are the worst world champions ever? Other Vince than like Russo, Russo, David Arquette, yeah. Tyrus. There you go. Honestly, like, okay, so Vince Russo, David Arquette, those have to be one, two in some order. They have to be. Because mm -hmm. they weren't wrestlers. And yep. I would say Russo won Arquette, too, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Um, then we're looking at, like, okay, Jinder Mahal, the great Khali. Lee. If you wanted to be a, a real big asshole, you could say The Miz. Uh, you could say Kevin Nash, although I wouldn't because he held the WWF title for a year. People love Diesel. People still love Kevin Nash. Uh, Let's not rewrite he, history on Diesel, right? Like, people exactly. love rewriting history on Bret Hart. I don't know. No, 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 no. Diesel was yeah. what? Was he bringing in all the viewers? No, but he like him, Michaels and Brett held it together till the Attitude Era. Absolutely, I, but just like uh, Dolph Ziggler, Jack Swagger, all of these men work circles. Even the Great Khali works circles around Tyrus. Go watch a Tyrus match. He's he actively, joyously does nothing. People run into him. This is just like this is the worst working full-time professional wrestling champion of all time. He has nothing to offer the wrestling business. It's just like the, the only reason that they did this is so people like us talk about it on our podcast. So I almost don't even want to do that much, but I just want it to be noted that if you're thinking the NWA title is still a world championship, this might be the worst world champion that has ever gotten a world title ever in the professional wrestling business. I can't think of many worse. Yep, agreed. It's kind of funny because, like, for the longest time, I thought you and I were just very negative on NWA, right? So we didn't really talk about the dumb bam. We really didn't bring up anything NWA was doing. We stopped really reviewing power. We barely 
begrudgingly reviewed their pay-per-views. We're not even doing that right now, but it seems like uh, we weren't insane in this boat, right? Just because, you know, NWA has made every wrong decision humanly possible in the past, what, week, 10 days? Six months? Two years? Yeah. Honestly, since the pandemic, if not much before. And, like, I haven't seen a single piece of even neutral feedback on this. Like, everything I've seen, people on our board, Martin Ryu, whose posts I always appreciate on our board, he was like, I paid for this. I This was a terrible show. I feel ripped off. I, I see that all over the place on the Wrestling Observer board. If you check that out on Twitter, on Reddit, it's just like... I haven't seen a single positive thing about this show other than Colby Carino yet again had a good match. And Colby that's Carino. It. That's all I see. Colby yeah. Carino does good things. He is the only only highlight of NWA. He's our boy. We interviewed him on this podcast a couple of years ago. And uh, man, I just I hope he gets out of NWA too. I love I Colby do too, Carino. Because like there's like in my opinion, they're holding him back at this point. He should have oh, been absolutely. national openweight champion, but Davey Richards won. He should have won the title on the pay-per-view instead of fucking Tyrus. How about that? Like, <sighs> why not Why not put it on your best young? And he exemplifies the NWA style. He can work that old school style. He wants to work the old school style. It just bonkers My last to me. bit of this, because I don't want to put too much thought yes. and energy in this, is I feel like this was a business decision because you know Tyrus is going to be flaunting that, that belt on TV getting recognition for that belt on TV. Yeah, I mean, hey, cool. Go after that control your narrative fan base. That was so lucrative for them. Dope. Good work, Billy Corgan. All right. Let us <laughs> chat. Again, going back to this weekend, huge weekend in the world of professional wrestling. We got uh, Overdrive from Impact Wrestling on Friday. Saturday, AEW Full Gear. Just a reminder, uh, we will be having an after party for that right after the show at some point Sunday afternoon, I'm sure. Um, And then Sunday, I guess, early morning, late morning, whatever, depends what way you look at stuff. New Japan Pro Wrestling, Stardom, Historic X Over Crossover. I'm really looking forward to this show. Yes, yes, I am looking forward to it too. I think we've teased this, but we can officially announce that Boris and I are going to do a standalone pod for the historic X over show. We're going to do a dedicated review podcast on the BAM feed and on the Patreon feed. I don't think it's going to be free because there's full gear and there's so many things, but maybe we'll make it a free one as well because we want to shout out and show some love to stardom. We've both watched a lot of stardom in our life, probably Boris more than me, but I've been on stardom a little bit since Back when Kyrie and EO were there killing it in 2015, you know what I mean? I remember yep. EO versus Mayu Iwatani is one of the great matches I've ever seen in my life. One of the best women's matches I've ever seen, ever, ever, ever. So love some stardom. Love that they're getting this chance. And I think stardom's main eventing this pay-per-view with Okada yeah. and Tanahashi on the card. I think stardom, the IWGP tournament final, is going to be the main event. It is the main event. The IWGP women's title tournament final match is going to be the main event of this show. Uh, so let's get to the show. Let's put in our official picks for the show. Uh, let's skip the two pre-show matches. Let's go right into the main card. You got an eight-man tag match, Chaos, which can includes a Leo Rush, Tomohiro Ishii, Yo, and Yoshihashi versus House of Tortures, Dick Togo, Evil Show, and Takahashi. 
It'll be a, a lot of fun. Always fun to see Yo and Show mix it up. I love Leo Rush's work to this day. I, I hope he kind of figures it out and gets a real legitimate run in professional wrestling. This will be a fun eight-man tag. Yep. All right. Six-man tag team match. Queen's Quest. Uh, Six-person tag teams match, I should say. Uh, Queen's Quest. AZM. Lady C and Saya. Uh, Kamitani versus Donna Del Mondo's uh, Himeka. My Sakura and Tekia. Yeah, so I love Saya Kamatani. She's awesome. Azumi, also crazy. AZM, uh, stylized as Azumi. She's awesome. This is going to be a, a bunch of fun. High speed action. Probably Queen's Quest will win. The match that I'm looking forward to the most is this next match. And I never thought I would say this about a mixed tag team match because it is Siri and Tom Lawler versus Julia and Zack Sabre Jr. I'm quite certain. I'm quite certain. And you you point me to the one that, that's going to usurp this. Actually, I can tell you the one. This is going to probably become the, the best mixed tag team match in the history of professional wrestling. The only one, the only one that, that could be close because it's four and a quarter, four and a half stars. Do you know what it is? No, I can't think of it. Ronda Rousey and Kurt oh, yeah. Angle versus Triple H and Stephanie McMahon. WrestleMania. That that's yep. the only one. That's the only one that could even be fucking close to this in terms of best mixed tag team matches ever. This could be one of the greats. I'm excited for this, man. I'm excited to see what Tom Lawler is going to wear. <laughs> How funny is it that I completely agree? That's where we're at <laughs> as wrestling fans. <laughs> Love it. All right. Uh, who do you think is going to win this match? Uh, I think just because... Oh, that's really tough, man. I can I can see it easily going either way. Because uh, Shiori is the champion right now, yep. right? Like, uh, she is the big champ of stardom. At the same time, Zack Sabre Jr. is in more high-profile things than Tom Lawler. So it's that's a, it's a very tough one. How about this? I see Tom Lawler and Shiori winning. Maybe Zack Sabre Jr. wins the TV title instead of Narita. And we get Saber Jr. versus Tom Lawler TV title feud in New Japan next year. That would be cool. Here, I think uh -huh. Julia and, and Saber Jr. are going to win for these reasons. Saber Jr. is going to win because he will be. Uh, they want to keep him very strong for Wrestle Kingdom, so he's going to be picking up wins left, right, and center. And I think just to get Julia back in the main event scene, she's, they're going to pick up the win. She's going to go back to stardom at the in the tag league and just say it's my time. All right, you convinced me, Boris. Yeah, ZSJ and Julia to win this one. ZS Julia. All right, a mixed eight men in eight mix or oh my god, a mixed eight, eight person, person tag match. That's that's what I'm trying to say. All right, Black Desires, Momo Watanabe and Starlight Kid and Suzuki Goons, Duki and El Desperado uh, versus Meltier, uh, Natsupo and Tam Nakano. Ver and along with Suzuki Goons, Tai Chi, and Kanemaru. I love how Suzuki Goon is just blowing up in this match. Yeah, Suzuki Goon explodes in this match. This is the I am so much more excited to see the stardom wrestlers in this Same. than I am. Like the stardom wrestlers are awesome. All four of these ladies can flat out go. Starlight Kid and Tom Nakano are amazing, amazing wrestlers. Natsu Poi, I I love her work too. She's got a match in our top twenty or twenty five this year. That that cage match that she had. She she's uh, she really really stands out as something special. Oh man, this is going to be a lot of fun, and I care so much more about the stardom wrestlers. 
Same here. It's like Black Desire alone, right? Like those two are yeah. just so damn good, so freaking fun. So I'm going to give the win to Black Desire and Suzuki Goon. Yes, Black Desire, Desperado, and Dookie. Let's go. Yep. All right. Mixed tag team match. Have Hiroshi Tanahashi and Utami Hayashida versus Hiroki Goto and Micah. This is the easiest one to call. Tanahashi and, and Utami have to win. But this is so good because Tanahashi, the old ace, Utami Hayashishita has a ton of Tanahashi vibes. It's yes. such a perfect pairing. She is in a lot of ways the Tanahashi of stardom right now, although she's not the quote-unquote ace, the champ. But I guess neither is Tanahashi, right? Okada is. Anyway, so this is this is just good. It's such a perfect pairing. I can't wait to see those two together. Yep. All right. A 10-man tag match. L.I.J. Bushi. Uh... Uh, Takahashi, Sonata, Shingo, and Naito versus United Empires. Francisco Akira, Gideon Grave for some stupid reason. Kyle Fletcher, Mark Davies, and TJP. Yeah, so the fact that Will Ospreay is not in this match, he's defending his title in a singles match, leads me to believe that for sure Los Ingobernables have to win this yep. match, right? Because it's the Los Ingobernables A squad versus... United Empire missing their leader. So, yeah, and that alone. Gideon but, Gray yeah. in the match. Like, let's be and honest. Gideon Gray in the match, yeah. So, Gideon Gray will take the L probably to a Destino, or if not, something by Hiromu. Exactly. All right. We have, oh, this match is one I'm really looking forward to as well. A six-man tag match. Chaos is Okada and Yano and Great Muda versus United Empire's Hanari, Great Okan, and Jeff Cobb. I didn't realize the United Empire has grown to be so big. They have a ton of people now. They yeah. have like nine people in that group. But yeah, Okada, Yano, and Muta. What a trio versus the Okan, the great Okorn, Jeff Cobb, and Aaron Hanare. That's going to be a lot of fun. I assume Muta will probably beat Hanare. Or, or great Okan just to finish up the, the mini story that they've had. Oh, I, I have totally missed that mini story, but I bet, yeah, for sure. If there's a mini story going on, that makes a lot of sense, yes. Yep, so basically he spit missed on Great Ocon. Great Ocon sold it like a champ, wearing, nice. he looked like uh, um, Shadow, oh, I forget what that what that movie was called. Anyways, he he, he wore like um, uh, face coverings from the mist for, for a while, really selling the mist. Uh, so that that's kind of what they did for a bit there. All right. The next match for the IWGP United States Heavyweight Championship, your champion, Will Ospreay versus Shota Umino. Excited for Shota to get this chance. I think for sure Will Ospreay wins. Not a single person thinks any otherwise, but it's a big spot for young Shota Umino. Prodigy of John Moxley will be cool to see him in this uh, in this role, in this match here. Okay. Everyone was expecting this person to come out of Battle Autumn. Will Kenny Omega come out and challenge Will Ospreay in this show? I think so. I I think that match is going to happen at Wrestle Kingdom. So if I'm right, it's it's gotta be soon. So yes, yes, this it, it's now or never basically, and I think it's happening. So it's got to be now. They teased it so hard at the Battle Autumn show, like you know, Will Ospreay saying anyone, 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 open challenge and forbidden door this, forbidden door that, open challenge, yeah. right? I kind of feel like. Umino was kind of like if it wasn't him, people would have been pissed off if it was anyone else, I think. Yeah, because, he's like a little bit of a yeah. Yeah. All right. He's got he's got a crowd favorite thing going on, but I know what you mean, yes. Yeah. All right. The main event is for the IWGP women's championship to be defended at Wrestle Kingdom. You have Mayu Iwatani, 
versus Kyrie. Let's talk about this match because there are good, valid reasons for each person to win. Iwatani, you know, staple of stardom. Kyrie has that namesake in the USA, and I feel like this belt will mainly be defended in the States. I'm sure it'll be defended in Japan a lot, but you kind of want that US appeal as stardom is trying to grow. Get those inroads in the USA. I can see uh, more stardom wrestlers being called into the New Japan Strong shows and, 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 and New Japan shows in general in the States. So I can see Kyrie kind of leading that. So Again, it can go either way. What? Do, how do you think is going to go down? Yeah, you, you just made a very, very good case for Kyrie, and that alone makes me really want to pick Kyrie. But the more I think about it, I just see the the lineage of this title. I just see it beginning with Mayu Iwatani. I just think she's a perfect first champion. She is the the old veteran. She is the one from that generation of Io and Kyrie who stayed the whole time. You know what I mean? And uh, not to compare it to a Shibata situation because it's very, very different. But if Shibata was facing T- Tanahashi, Tanahashi would win. I just think Mayu Iwatani is going to get the first one. She might lose it to Kyrie pretty quick, and then Kyrie could still do all the things that you said. And um, at some point, Kyrie will hold this title anyway. But yeah, first belt, first champ for a couple months, Mayu Iwatani. She wins this match. Yeah, you know what? I For the longest time, I was leaning towards Kyrie. Kyrie was called out by one of their other champions recently. That leads me to believe that Mayu Iwatani will win this match. And be just in terms of lineage, in terms of, you know, being a pillar to stardom for so long, thank you for your service. Thank you for sticking around when everyone else was going to America. I do think that Mayu Iwatani is going to be given this belt just for that reason. 100% agree with you, buddy. Yeah, that's it. That's exactly right. I, I thank you for your loyal service. Yep, there you go. That is wrestling. That is bam. That is all. We we made it, brother. Awesome, man. Yeah, I got to frig off and get uh, get some breakfast into me and get to work. But yes, very good show. Thank you all for listening. We're going to be back with NXT Talk. We're going to be back with all kinds of fun. We got so many shows coming up. Good heavens. We got this uh, a historic X over. We will be providing a dedicated review for. We definitely have NXT Deadline. We'll be providing a dedicated review for. There's a ROH show the same day. Someone's gonna have to review that, Boris. Might end up being us. Lots coming down the pike, homie. Yep, it probably will be us. Uh, so yeah, even this weekend, like I mentioned, there is gonna be an SNME after party for AEW Full Gear. That's gonna be coming at you right after the show. If you're listening to this in the Patreon feed, you're gonna get your Zoom link. If you're not, why not? Join the Patreon, be part of the show, get your voice heard, you'll get your feedback in. Um, Patreon.com slash SNME Radio. He's Matt. I'm Boris. Till next time, stay tranquilo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>